everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Talk of Fame Podcast. It's crazy to think that we are in 2024. This year, honestly, feels like it flew by. Honestly, I feel like I was just in New Year's in 2022. And basically, today we are joined by Hannah Adams. Hannah is currently Miss Mobile Bay 2024 and serves as an ambassador for various pediatric cancer nonprofits, as well as running her own nonprofit. As a 14-year-old pediatric cancer survivor, she has spoken at 42 hospitals in 36 states, which raised $98.8 million for research and passed federal and state legislation. In 2019, Hannah was crowned Miss Florida's team through Miss America Organization, in which won the teens in action and, and national competition and accomplished 2019 appearances during her year service. She also was placed as third runner-up for Miss America 2023 and was the overall evening gown award winner, along with the Catherine Crosby Community Service Award. I've been honestly following Hannah for maybe a policy year now, I would say, and her work in the Miss America organization is just seriously awesome. And I knew I had to have her on the podcast for everything she's doing. So I can't wait to, you know, dive into everything she's doing. But Hannah, thank you so much for coming on and taking time to come on the podcast. And it's an honor to have you on. And I really appreciate you coming on and taking the time. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I've been so excited to chat with you today and love following everything that you're up to. I think it's so amazing. Thank you so much. So, you know, of course, we're competing. You've been competing for a couple of years now. So like, the question is, what really got you into competing and everything? So I did not grow up competing in pageants. I think a lot of people think that you start when you're three or four years old. But for me, I was 14 years old looking for a way to combine my passions of dance and public service and um, public speaking and all these different aspects of things that I was already doing. And it was my dad that said, hey, Hannah, have you heard of the Miss America organization? Um, he goes, it's a great way to pay for scholarships and in college. And so, of course, my parents were on board with that. And so I competed my very first year at Miss Florida's Teen 2018 when I was 14, had never done a big pageant before, and I was kind of the underdog in that whole experience, wore a $100 evening gown, went in as an at-large title holder, which meant that I um, hadn't won an official local competition to qualify. I just kind of bought my ticket um, into competing for the state competition, and I placed first runner-up that year. So 14-year-old Hannah was pretty excited about that, shocked, mm -hmm. and then I went back and won Miss Florida's team the following year and got to serve in that role for two years because of the COVID-19 pandemic. And during that time, my family and I actually moved to Alabama because of my dad's job. And so I served as Miss Florida's team while living in another state for a little bit, which just added on to the craziness of holding that title. But it was so much fun. And I grew so much um, as a teenager and as a high schooler throughout those past two years. Um, and then when I gave up that title, I decided I wanted to jump in right into the Miss division of the Miss America organization and started competing um, for the title of Miss Alabama. And so my first year that I competed for Miss Alabama, was in 2022 and I placed in the top 12 and won the service and evening gown award and my little sister Haley 
was the reigning Miss Alabama's teen. And so that was really cool to get to participate in that together. And then this past year, placing third runner up at Miss Alabama was such a huge honor. And you know, year after year, you have so much personal growth and a greater understanding of what the job really means and how you want to do it. And so this will be my third year of competing for Miss Alabama as Miss Mobile Bay. I'm getting to represent South Alabama, which has just been so much fun. And I'm hoping three times the charm. I'm putting so much hard work and dedication into the experience and really excited for it. Are you ready for Miss Alabama, t- like teen and everything again? Or are you kind of like, okay, that's over with that all we went for two times type of thing yeah so miss for miss alabama's team you have to be 13 through 17 mm-hmm. and so um you can compete for as many years as you want until you win miss alabama's team and then once you win you can't do it again and it's the same way with miss alabama you can compete from ages 18 to 28 so i've got about eight years left i'm 20 years old right now um hopefully it won't take me as long but you know what if it's a dream you keep going after it right Mm -hmm. um and so I can keep competing until I win Miss Alabama and then um with that I get to go to the Miss America competition and that's once you go to Miss America that's it like that's the end of it um and it's really the greatest honor in pageants is getting to go and represent your state and even win the title of Miss America because the organization is 102 years old it's the largest scholarship provider for women in the nation and they have this rich heritage and tradition and legacy of empowering women and helping them truly become the best versions of themselves Ooh, it seems right about my area, actually. Oh my God, that's what we were talking about earlier. But of course, with the Miss America organization, it really is a big thing to connect to other, like, other women that are competing in different states and like Pennsylvania, Florida, Alabama, like in all 50 states. It really is a huge way to get like month scholarships for college or different variety of different things. But of course, with your platform, you use it for raising awareness from cancer with your personal experiences. Like, how do you kind of use your platform to raise awareness for cancer, especially pediatric? So this is one of my favorite parts of the Miss America organization is that every young woman has the opportunity to choose a community service initiative. And for me, of course, that's pediatric cancer as a cancer survivor. And I think what's kind of unique about the work that I've done with my community service initiative is that it's something that I didn't start because of a pageant. It's something that I had been doing since I was eight years old, since I um, was declared cancer free. And I think it's something I'm going to be doing for the rest of my life. And so for me, to have the title of Miss Alabama or Miss America, I would be the first cancer survivor to do so. So it would be a really inspiring way to share with other childhood cancer fighters, survivors, or just people who have gone through really tough things in life to say, okay, if Hannah won that title, then I can do it too, or I can go pursue this really big dream that I that has been placed on my heart. And so that's how I view the title of Miss Alabama, my heart behind it, and then getting to go and work with all these different nonprofits and getting to spread my message of hope and, um, you know, raising money, lobbying for different bills um, as a title holder. I think it just elevates that even more and gives me more of a megaphone to use my voice for kids battling cancer. Mm-hmm. And of course, like when people see like a girl running a Miss America that is a cancer survivor, it really could 
make a difference and like okay if she is a cancer survivor and is running for miss america or miss um miss alabama then i could too because when people see um people running for different things that are like them it really pushes for them to really do the exact same thing and that really shows how inspiration and role models is actually so powerful in different areas from television to social media whatever it is it really makes it you know so powerful to see people that are doing so many amazing things but did you think like your advocacy would go go this far because of course you said you were doing your advocacy before you ran for Miss Alabama and all these things like did you think like you would transform that work into what you are doing now I don't think I ever could have imagined um when I first started it at eight years old that I would be where I am today when I was eight years old I um, had been cancer free for about two years by that point and my sister and I heard of the American Cancer Society and we thought oh my goodness you know this is a great way to just raise money for cancer and share our stories a little bit and it started by just selling lemonade stand on the side of the road and asking people for money and learning how to put ourselves out there. And then that led me to at 12 years old, getting to represent Hyundai Motor America's child of cancer nonprofit, Hope on Wheels, and travel the country to share my story and raise millions of dollars for child of cancer research and meet kids and be that inspiration for them. Um, and I look back on those experiences and it still feels surreal. I mean, we had billboards in Times Square. I got to speak with members of Congress at such a young age um, to share my perspective on different issues. And now that's really turned into running my own nonprofit, continuing to lobby for bills, both federally and at a state level, giving care packages to children who are battling cancer and having awareness event in our local communities. So I think... If I could look back and tell eight-year-old Hannah what we've been able to accomplish so far, she would be absolutely awestruck. I had no idea. And I'm so grateful um, because I think it's a true testament to how, you know, something so terrible like childhood cancer happened to me and my family, but we've been able to use it in such a positive way to now we get to help other people. Mm -hmm. Like, honestly, it would honestly be crazy to look back and be like, okay, well, I was dealing with cancer when I was very young and turned into something that I never expected. And it honestly would be kind of surreal to meet people in Congress and be like, okay, here's my story. Like, how can you help? Like, honestly, if I was in that position, I'd be like, I'm living my best life I could ever imagine. Like, I don't want to give this up, but it's like, to speak in various states and meeting the people that are in the same position is a very uh, honor, but it's also like, okay, what did I get myself into at the same exact time, right? I completely agree. You know, there were some moments where I think I felt a little bit of imposter syndrome. Like, how can me as a 12-year-old actually make a difference in the child of cancer community? Like, here I am sharing my story but like are people actually listening and one of my favorite memories that I look back on where I really saw the first instance of how my story had changed someone's life 
was when I was visiting Johns Hopkins Children's Hospital in Baltimore, Maryland, I was there doing um, a grant ceremony. We were giving money to the hospital for research. And after I shared my story, um, this little girl named Riley got up to share her story. And she started off with saying that she was battling cancer um, and that she was dancing and that she was an oldest sister. And she started talking about this girl named Hannah and how Hannah had inspired her. Hannah had helped her through that battle and about halfway through, I finally realized that she was talking about me. And so that's when it really became real for me, seeing the potential that one story can have on somebody's life. And, you know, that's, I think, the whole vision behind all this. Yes, it is to find a cure, but it's also how can you just impact one person? Mm -hmm. Like if you get to change one person's life, then you've made the biggest difference in the world. Mm -hmm. That's literally so the sweetest thing ever. Like to have that impact on one person feels like you literally just win life. Like you literally, at least like, I'm sure it's your mistress as well. But for me, like if I impacted one person, I would be like, this is literally the, it's honestly the best feeling in a world to impact at least one person to go into a different career field and also be inspired to share their story. Because of course, of course, I, a lot of people feel ashamed in sharing their stories and self-conscious, you know, about what they've been through, whether it's like mental health, cancer, like, or like, there's so many things people, of course, feel ashamed. They feel like they're going to be judged or they feel like they're going to, just feel like no one will care about it. And to have, you know, someone share their story, be okay, this is what I've been through when I was very young and how am I turn this into my life's mission? Like it really is the biggest, you know, the most rewarding thing you can ever, you know, hear about someone. Absolutely. And, and I think that that fear is so valid and I've definitely felt it at times where I'm like, Ooh. oh my goodness, what? Are my peers going to think of me? I'm putting in all this time and energy. Like what is actually coming of it all? But I think looking at the past 12 years that I've been able to do all this work and see how much it's grown, it's so rewarding and it's so worth it. Like the times where, you know, I had to miss a birthday party because I was at a Miss Florida appearance or had to go do my dance endless times um, where had to go on an airplane to go to visit a hospital, like all these different things. Yes, sometimes it looked like taking the road less travel, doing things that most people my age weren't doing, but it was totally worth it. Mm -hmm. It definitely is. Like I honestly have dealt with that same emotions. But sometimes I'm like, oh, I'm missing this outing to, you know, do an interview or go to an event. Like it honestly feels oftentimes like what am I missing out on with my work but also as long as I realize that if you love it so much and you're like you shouldn't have to feel like you're missing out on so many things if you love it so much is what it took me honestly so long to actually realize like okay as long as I love it it's actually meaningful to me then I shouldn't have to feel sorry for myself about missing out on this Yes, for sure. I'm so with you there. But when you were about five and a half years old, you were diagnosed with stage three nephoma. Like, I, it's so hard to say the word, but, but what was it kind of like for you to deal with that at such a young age? It was really difficult. Um, 
I think it's something that no family ever expects to go through and it kind of turns your world upside down. I was diagnosed with stage three nephroblastoma when I was five and a half years old. And that meant that a softball sized cancerous tumor was enveloping my left kidney. And I was actually one of nine children in the world diagnosed with that specific form of cancer in 2009. So it was really rare and really aggressive. And I had to go through chemotherapy, radiation treatment, surgery, and my days of getting to hang out with my sister or go to dance class that turned into hospital visits and the fight for my life, asking questions like, am I actually going to make this? Mm -hmm. Um, And it makes kids grow up so much faster because they have to deal with that life or death situation, but they're also faced with learning the medicine names, being surrounded by adults. So it gives you such a different life perspective. And I'm really grateful. I'm a 14-year child of cancer survivor now. I celebrated that at the end of November. And I still go back for yearly cancer checkups, making sure that I'm staying healthy and that I'm doing everything that I need to be doing. Um, But I've been good ever since. And that is personal experience has been the motivating factor and everything else that I've been able to do in the child of cancer community. Mm-hmm. That's literally awesome. Like that's the half that, you know, being, you know, 14 years cancer free is such a rewarding, you know, thing because of course not a lot of people can say that they're cancer free. And so it really is the most rewarding to have you know, with everything that you went through at such a young age is such, you know, rewarding that you would go through that whole process. But you were awarded in the President's Volunteer Service Award in 2017, 18, and 19, in which you also been inducted into the Congress, Congress, hard to say words, I'm bad at saying words, but recognizing all of your instrumental work done as a pediatric cancer activist in Washington, D.C. In addition, you have a display at the Florida House in Washington, D.C. that shares your story accomplishments. Like, I'm literally so jealous. I know I say that word a lot, but it literally is crazy that you get all of these amazing things. But how do you feel, you know, about getting these honors for your advocacy? Yeah, kind of what you said. I feel in awe and in shock all the time because um the thing is is that these aren't things that I've done individually these are things that I've been able to work with awesome teams of people on that it's not just me behind this it's a whole community it's my family it's my friends pouring in time and energy into the child of cancer cause as well as other endeavors that I've done and so to be recognized for that is just a huge honor um, and getting to build those relationships with so many different people throughout the country has been a really great experience too and so I look back on it with so much gratitude Mm-hmm, for sure and I think that's honestly the best you know way to wrap up this episode like it's literally, I love filming this episode with you. I think a lot of people would take away so much from this episode. Their, your story is seriously amazing and so inspiring. It's definitely making an impact on so many people. And I thank you everyone for listening. I hope everyone is enjoying uh, their first half of 2024. It's crazy to say, say that we're in 2024. Like, it's just insane. I feel like this is honestly going to be, you know, a crazy but fun year. Like, I that's for sure. Like, what do you kind of, you know, have planned for 2024? 
Oh, there's so many different things. The first is competing for Miss Alabama 2024. That's at the top of my goals. I'm doing something every single day inside of that and hoping to take home that title and to get to represent my state for a year. In addition to that, I, I'm just launching my own podcast um, called of Hope podcast. And it's kind of talking about different stories of people overcoming adversity and having hope. So I'm really excited about that. Um, and then just continuing to grow my nonprofit. I have some trips to DC planned for some more advocacy, um, getting to have different community awareness days, like a fashion show that my nonprofit's going to put on, and then more care packages to kids. So I think it's going to be a really um, awesome year. There's so much to look forward to. Definitely. Like in Washington, DC, I'm like, I love DC so much. Like, like any chance I go to DC, I'm like, I just want to like, never want to leave. Like, it's this amazing place. Like, it honestly feels like a home, home away from home. Right. I'm with you there. It's, it's one of my favorite spots in the country. Me too. I don't know why, but when I was there a couple months ago, I was like, just never like, let me, let me leave. Don't take me there because I don't want to come home. You just need to both move to D.C. one day. Let's just do that. After I miss Alabama, and you know, you can do Miss Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. Then go to D.C. Yeah, that's a deal. That's a deal. Let's do it. Okay, you heard it from here, guys. Miss Pennsylvania, Miss Pennsylvania team or whatever. You heard it here. But thank you so much for coming on and taking the time. Um, Thank you, everyone, for listening. I hope everyone enjoys the great rest of your day. Thank you so much for coming on. It was so great chatting with you. So great talking with you too.